0: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Thirty-two minutes past the hour. Lift off on Apollo Eleven. All right. So the the election is well. I, w- I would say it's over, but it's not over because well, Georgia's going into a runoff and we still don't know what the heck is going on in Arizona. I mean, what I this is what I don't understand. We are in the, the year is 2022 and we still do not know who is going to win an election in Arizona. Like it's 2020 all over again. We still I'm, like we're How welcome back everybody uh, to the Standing Weather Show. It's just me today, Joe, because Jacob's out of town. He went to Disney and I'm here but the house by myself and I wanted to get an episode out um, trying to make sense of what happened in the midterm election this past week, or really it's just on Tuesday. Today's Thursday. So the election was Tuesday night, and in Georgia's going to a runoff, and we still we really don't know what's going on in uh, Nevada. I'm, I'm sorry, Arizona, not Nevada, Arizona. Uh, because of the way they run their elections in Arizona, they cannot seem to count ballots, which you would think would be an easy thing. You know, you 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 see the ballot. Okay, that's one there. Okay, there's there's another one there, and okay, one, two, three. This vote's going to this candidate. This vote's going to that candidate. Okay, you think this would be easy, folks? Like it's 2022. The idea that we're that we have a hard time counting ballots, and that. I saw something today that we're going to have to – they're, they're going to have to recount so many ballots, like something – almost 20,000 ballots are going to have to recount. Why? 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 why I, now, I don't want the federal government to get involved in state elections. I think that would be a terrible idea for many different reasons, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Um, it's bad enough that we have federal elections for presidents and senate. But for gubernatorial, uh, guber, gubernatorial races, uh, for governor races, in, uh, state, for state house and congress uh, races, um, you know, it's, the states can handle that. It's bad enough that we have to federally vote for president and senators. Um, but why in today's day and age we cannot come up with some kind of situation where uh, voting is simple and easy? Like, for instance, Florida used to be terrible. Everybody, everybody remembers the 2000 election with the hanging chad and the the, the Supreme Court getting involved and in deciding the election one way or the other. Um, I'm not going to get into whether or not they stole it for Bush or not because, you know, that's irrelevant. But the point is, is that Florida used to be really bad at voting, like really bad. And now Florida is one of the best states. Could also have something to do with our governor, but that, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But Arizona, like, well, what are you doing? What, what is going on? I, I, there is no there is zero reason why this should be happening in Arizona, unless unless that's the way they want it to be, unless that's the way the Republicans and or so more so Democrats want it. Maybe they want confusion. Maybe they want a little chaos to kind of spice it up a little bit. It's bad enough that Republicans lost bigly, as Trump would say. But now you throw this on top of it, this just fuels the conspiracy theories of, oh, well, maybe there's something going on in the back room we don't know about. Maybe there's uh, misinformation or maybe they're they're fortifying the election right now. Maybe this is what fortification looks like in an election. We don't know how to count ballots, so we'll just make something up. Maybe that's how that works. Maybe that's what the Time magazine meant when they fortified the election for Biden. Who knows? That that, That might be what's going on here. So, um, I, I'm really of two minds on the midterm election. Um, I, 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 as most of you who listen to the show probably know, um, I'm not a Republican. Um, I in later in the last year and a half or so, I really have, I consider myself a very conservative, um, anarcho-capitalist, like socially very conservative. Very socially conservative, but when it comes to politics and the state, uh, you know I'm, I'm, you know, black flag, I'm borderline anarchist in a lot of in a lot of ways, and I think Jacob might be this. I think Jacob would probably say the same, uh, in many ways. Um, I feel that I've gotten more socially conservative in the last couple of years, given what's going on in just given the way the culture is going. For one, the rise of what a lot of people would call this demonic nature of the left—the um, the the very idea that that we're questioning gender, that you can you, that you can be a transgender—the very idea that we're questioning, the very idea that we're questioning, this very idea that we're questioning marriage, uh, just throws everything in the air. Perfect example of why I've changed my mind here more recently than not. Everybody knows the alto beauty brand right all the stores they've got salons across america everybody's heard of this yes okay well there's this uh dylan character i don't i can't i don't remember his last name and honestly i really don't care what his last name is because this guy's a freak uh, maybe i shouldn't say that this guy's strange um so this guy decides that he's going to be a woman or decides that he would no, no he he transitioned to into being a girl this, I think I think this guy's almost like 30 years old, and he just decided he's going to be a girl. And he made this huge TikTok uh, trend or something. Um, I don't use TikTok, so I don't know really what it's called. But he documented his journey for some, almost like 300 days, I think it was what it was, of him just deciding that he's going to be a woman. And it's the most... Um, it is the most trumped up, or not trumped up, but it is the most just disgusting caricature of femininity and uh, what it means to be a woman. The most just disgusting caricature of how they think women act, how men think women act in the way they dress and the way they carry themselves. So Alta has, does, did a show or a podcast with this Dylan character and other uh, Transgendered person, I think the guy had a beard. So I don't know. Um, but he was wearing makeup and a dress. So again, I don't know, but the, 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 they called it like, I think it was like called the new face of womanhood. And it's two grown men talking about what it means to be a woman and what it means to be beautiful. And this Dylan g- character is going on and on and on about how, you know, one day I want to have one day I'll be able to have kids like that kind of stuff. That, that you have these major brands, these major companies going along with this nonsense. I'm like, yeah, I can't support that. Yes, it's a private company, but that that's not okay. And any candidate that supports that, that's not okay. I can't support that. So that's just one example of how I've become more socially conservative and how I view candidates and politics and different races uh, has kind of changed. Because like I said, I'm of two minds on this. Because I know that I I will never vote for a Democrat. Never. That's just not going to happen. But I'm open to voting for Republicans because I know what the Democrats will do. I know that the culture that's behind the Democratic Party, and it's the woke culture, it's the the child butcherers, it's the Uh, it's the transvestite, the transgendered folks. I, I, I know that is the demonic forces that's pushing the democratic party. I know that I can see it, but the Republicans aren't as bad. They're bad. They're terrible, but they're not as bad. So I'd be open. So I'm open to voting for Republicans. So we live in Georgia. And so we had a big Senate and governor race here in Georgia. We had Stacey versus Brian Kemp. And we had uh, Herschel Walker versus um, that pastor guy, the, re- the the good Reverend Warnock, the pro-choice pastor. Yeah, you heard that right, the tr- the pro-choice pastor. Think Yeah, think long and hard on that one. So, I know who Warnock is. He is not what he says he is. <laughs> uh, you cannot, in my mind and this, you can back this up with, uh, with Scripture, that you cannot be a uh, pro-choice pastor. That's not possible. You cannot believe that we are all uh, created in the image of God, and then yet say you can kill the image of God anytime you want. You can't do that. It doesn't make any sense. On the other hand, there's nothing, nothing exciting about Herschel Walker. The guy is not a charismatic speaker. If he were to be elected for Senate, I I know full well he's going to be in the back pocket of uh, of Mitch McConnell in one way or another. He's not going to be a Mike Lee or a Rand Paul. It's just not it's just not who he is. And I don't I don't really don't care that he was endorsed by Trump or he's a Trump s candidate. Because no, he ain't. There's nothing about Herschel Walker that should excite anybody other than the fact he is not Raphael Warnock. That's the only thing. Other than that, he's just another Republican. He's just another. Uh, he's just another. Well, uh, you know, God, guns, and and the Constitution. Like, yes, you all say that, but yet none of you do anything about it. <laughs> um, and then there's the governor race here in Georgia, Kemp versus Stacy. Um, same thing there too. The difference with the Kemp versus Stacy run uh, race is that well, Kemp has had. Uh, he's been in office for a while now. Um, and he has done an okay job as governor. I would not say he's the best governor but he's up there with, with with the better ones, with the not as bad. And that's not a very that's kind of, it's kind of like a sliding scale. It's like that that that, that is the minimum. Is not as bad as a democrat. That, that's that is the minimum that you can be. So Yes, Brian Kemp did lock down the state of Georgia. Yes, he did do a lot of bad things during COVID, but we were one of the first states to reopen. If I remember correctly, we Georgia reopened before Florida, I think. This is going almost this is well over 2 years ago now. So I yeah, I think I think Georgia was the first state to open, reopen. Um but at the same time you cannot that cannot be excused um that you that, the fact that, that you did shut down. Like that cannot be excused because uh, there were lots of people saying, myself and Jacob included, that you cannot shut down. It's not You cannot shut down and then come out on the other side of it better in the long run. There will be lasting damage that you have caused, and we are feeling that right now in the economy. Uh, yes, inflation, I saw the numbers today. The official inflation numbers is 7.7%, but honestly, it's probably much higher than that because they give us the numbers they want us to know, but yet everyone can feel that it's much higher. So, I mean that that's one of the lasting effects of inflation. Never, that's also not also to mention the other medical effects that, that were being felt because people weren't going to regular checkups. So who knows what the what the actual outcome of that's going going to be in the long run. But again, the same thing with Brian Kemp. Nothing about Brian Kemp is super exciting. Nothing. Again, he's branded as another one of those Trump conservatives or Trump Republicans. He ain't Trump. Nothing about Brian Kemp is exciting other than the fact he is not Stacey Abrams. So that's, for me, if you want to get my vote as a Republican, you got to be better than, you got to do better. You can't just say, oh, well, I'm a conservative and, you know, I support gun rights and I'm pro-life and all these things. Because every Republican says that. I'm sure you know when, when, not to bring up John McCain or name drop John McCain, but I'm sure John McCain said those same things too, and we all saw what a miserable disaster he is, or he was. And it's the same thing with all these other, like the Lisa Murkowski's and the uh, and the getting to the bottom of it, uh, Lindsey Graham, and all, all of these folks. Right? They they say these things, but they don't do anything about it. And yes, I know this has been beaten to death, but when it comes to voting for someone. You gotta be just, just being better than the Democrat isn't enough. Now, this is where I'm of two minds on this, is that I understand all this about these candidates. Well, I really don't want Stacey Abrams to be the governor. I really don't want that. But at the same time, is Brian Kemp that much better? Maybe not. I really don't want Raphael Warnock to be the the senator because we know what the damage he has done by just going along with the Biden administration. But is Herschel Walker really going to to be any better? Well, you might say, well, if Herschel Walker is in the Senate, he will not approve of the Biden potential Supreme Court nominees. And yes, that is true. Yes, that is a very real possibility. Sure, I will give you that one. But is he going to vote with the, with the normal rhino, neocon Republican schlock that they spew out? Probably. Probably because I don't think that a lot of these Republicans that we send to Congress or to Washington have that strong of conviction. Now, there, there are a few exceptions, like the Mike Lees, the Rand Pauls, the, um, the Thomas Masseys of the world. They, they are exceptions. They are the exception to the rule. Because, it, honestly, if we had a, a whole Congress made up of those guys, we wouldn't have any of these problems, just being honest. But the, but the fact is that we have people like Lindsey Graham. So the question is, well, okay, then, then, you know, you this is the trap that people fall into, is that we know how bad the Democratic candidate is. So I'm just going to pull the lever for the Red Party, you know, vote red, and vote, better vote red than dead. So I'm gonna pull the lever for Republicans because I know how bad the Democrats are, and this is the game that we play every two to four years. Well, we know how bad the Democrats are, so we gotta be, so we just gotta vote Republican. And if you're doing that purely out of defense, I understand. I get that because I did that a couple of times too. Um, I did that this election because honestly, the Libertarian candidates, besides Shane Hazel, were just very. Um, as most of them are usually anyway but i understand that i get it but i i and i and i don't quite understand people who say well i i hope the democrats win because that just shows how bad the republicans are well we we already know how bad the republicans are they are just as responsible for the situation we are in as the democrats are in fact I'd probably say they're more responsible because they're the ones who are supposed to who are supposedly against it. But yet it keep, we keep getting rolled. But at the same time, if there are more Democrats in power, we get things get worse. That's just that's just the case that's just the way the cookie crumbles. That's just the way the world is right now. And I can understand people saying, "Well, well, I can't vote for Republicans because they don't they won't do anything about it." And you, I can't disagree with that. I I really can't. But at the same time, I can't just I can't just sit back and say, oh, I'm just going to vote uh, libertarian or vote or just write in whoever I want because Republicans bad. I, I that's where I'm of two minds on this. I I I understand both sides and I agree with both sides. So what do we do about it? What can you do about it? Well, maybe you have to lose some elections. Maybe you have to lose some elections to get to get the really good candidates. But given the way the culture is, given the way everything has been going the last two years that Biden's been in office, the record inflation, the broken supply chains, the, 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 the degradation of the culture, I mean, you name it, you name it, all the problems that we're having right now. If Republicans have had a—there's been no greater opportunity for Republicans to really slam home a major red wave, red tsunami, whatever you want to—red nuclear bomb, whatever you want to call it. If there's been no greater opportunity for that than than right now, than than Tuesday, no greater moment for Republicans to really shine than right now. And they didn't. It was a, a red ripple like the the senate is still tied basically as it looks right now it's democrats 48 republicans 49 now some of these races have not been officially called yet it still could turn out where republicans gain control in the senate and in the house but the as the polling showed and again polling is almost always wrong um Usually, the polling shows that if there's over optimistic support for Democrats, whereas in this election, it was way to the other side of way over optimistic polling for Republicans. Uh, people were saying that Democrats that are not in at least a ten plus majority were going to lose. Well, that didn't happen. Didn't happen, and it also calls into question the star power of the Donald. Is the is the the Donald Maga star power in question? That's a very real possibility because outside of states, they were already going to vote Republican bigly, as he would say. Anyway, he they didn't perform as well in other states. Perfect example: Arizona, Carrie Lake, Trump backed re- a candidate. It's in a It's it, well given the fact that there's problems with the voting. It wasn't a huge turnout for Cary Lake. It's pretty It's pretty dang close in in, the, in Arizona. I've got the numbers right here. Arizona. Um, I have actually have to pull it up now. Arizona governor race. I don't want the Senate. I want the governor. Come on, computer. All right. So uh, right now as it stands, Katie Hobbs 50.3% to Cary Lake's 49.7%. Again, Given the, given the scenario that we are under right now, and yes, only 75% is, is reporting because of the problems going on there with the, you know, the election and whatnot and ballots not being counted the right way, so on and so forth, you get the point. Um, the fact that it's this close, the fact that she had the, the christening from the Donald himself, that she had the christening from Donald himself, why is this so close? Now... I, I I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna entertain the idea of election that this election was stolen because um, you know it, it, there's possibilities of election s- stealing and it, again it could come from either side because there's just way too much at stake for there not to be any kind of stealing on either side but the fact that given the scenario given the situation that we are in in Arizona the fact that the race is this close but less than one point. Between the two, the fact that it's that close is astounding. Let's look at the Senate. Mark Kelly, 51-4 uh, to Blake Masters, 46.4. Again, Blake Masters, I believe this guy was, a, a, you know, a christened or anointed by the Donald, and he's losing. Now, again, we don't have the final results. It could end up being Blake Masters winning. That's very well possible. But there are a lot of these scenarios. Let's look at Georgia. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, it's 49 uh, Walker to uh, Warnock's 47. I think that's, hang on, let me, let me, I think that might be the wrong one. Let me look again. Uh, let's look at Georgia. Georgia, 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 Georgia. Okay, right now it's, yeah, it's Warnock 49.4 to, um, no, sorry, Warnock 49.4 to Walker 48.5. Again, when you have dyslexia, it's really hard when people have very similar sounding names like Warnock and Walker. It's for me, it's hard to pronounce. So if I'm mispronouncing that's that's why I'm feigning dyslexia. okay? I can't speak and I can't read that's my excuse, so get over it. The fact that uh, Herschel Walker was uh, anointed by Trump himself, he got the Trump endorsement. The fact that it is this close in Georgia. And now this, now Herschel Walker its not any, it's not your average Joe Schmo schmuck. He ain't. This is Herschel Walker. Now I didn't, now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to contradict myself in a moment because I didn't know who Herschel Walker was until he decided to run for, for Senate. Um, because I'm not up on the football, of the Georgia football history. I know nothing about the Georgia Bulldogs other than the fact that they are a football team. That's all I know. I don't know anything about Hershel Walker, but people who have lived in Georgia their entire lives know who he is. They know that this is like Arnold Schwarzenegger running for governor in California back in the day. This is a big-name person. So it's not like he's a nobody. It's not like he didn't come out of nowhere and decide to run for Senate. This is a major personality. The fact that it is this close in the Senate race, and the fact that it's going to a runoff in December sixth, with the Trump endorsement, does that call into question the Trump star power? Maybe, maybe. I don't. I. I don't know. There are people saying, um, Kelly McEnany, I think is her name. Uh, She was the former liar-in-chief for the president, the press secretary is what I call them. Um, She said that uh, every ounce, every last ounce of Republican energy must go into pushing Walker across the finish line. Uh, I know there's a temptation to start talking about 2024. No, 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 no. It's 22 is not over. And she says that um, maybe Trump shouldn't get involved in the race. Trump should not get involved in the runoff? Then this is a former Trump official, the former liar-in-chief for the president. She's saying that Trump should not get involved in the runoff? Now, that might be quite wise on her part for saying such things, because even though um, Ron DeSantis won bigly, huge win in Florida, like, it's comical. The fact on how well he did in Florida. Ron DeSantis won Florida by nearly 20%. Ron DeSantis at 594 uh, to Charlie Crist 40%. Nearly 20% in the state of Florida. Now, Florida used to be a swing state. Florida and Ohio, swing states. As Steve Day said, that Ron DeSantis is turning Democrats in Florida into endangered species. To give you an example, Palm Beach County, which again, having lived in Florida, is you know it's 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 pretty left. It's like uh, you know Augusta or Fulton County here in in Georgia. Uh, Palm Beach County and Miami Dade County, historically very. We're very Democratic, very left-wing con- uh, counties in Florida. Both flipped red. Miami-Dade County, uh, Ron DeSantis, 553 to Charlie Chris, 44%. That's huge. That is huge. It's, it, that is a big lead win by DeSantis. Palm Beach County, 51.2% to 48.3%. Again, that's that's big news in Florida. The fact that Ron DeSantis has basically done this on his own. Yes, he was endorsed by Trump, and he won in 2018 by, I think, fewer than like 40,000 votes. That's pretty close in Florida. Just barely squeaked by. The fact that DeSantis, by himself, really, flipped the whole, almost the entire state of Florida red is huge. And you know what that shows? Effective governance. It shows that he doesn't go out and just pick fights to pick fights with the media. He doesn't go out and threaten Disney for no reason at all and then ends up not doing anything with it uh, later on, like Trump did so many times with the media and so many times with other companies. When DeSantis sets his crosshairs on something, he goes after and he attacks it. He stays on message. He doesn't go on Twitter and blabber about so on all these random other things that aren't in that have no meaning to the situation. He's laser focused. You look at Ron DeSantis. This is (laughs) Ron DeSantis is what the Republicans should be going for. If I'm a Republican, uh, you know, insider. If I'm just a Republican voter, Ron DeSantis is the guy. You know, when Trump came out. Uh, in support of, I forget the guy's name who ran for Senate. Uh, no, it wasn't wasn't Rubio. Who I forget the guy's name. Uh, he he was coming out in support. It might have been a different state. He was coming out in support of a particular candidate, and when Trump gets on stage, he starts talking about Ron's desanctimonious. What? Now that's because Trump knows that in twenty twenty four. You know the, the most likely candidate he's going to go after in the mid uh, in the primaries is going to be DeSantis because I think everybody kind of knows we're reading the tea leaves here. That's going to be Trump DeSantis in, in basically like six months from now or a year from now when we when the 2024 election ramps up. So we we, we can see that happening. But there's a real problem here: is that a lot of the candidates, that, a lot of the candidates that Trump supported, didn't do very well outside of very pro-MAGA states, like we said, Arizona and so forth. So people who are riding the, the DeSantis coattails are doing very well, and the fact that Ron DeSantis by himself can turn a swing, a historical swing state, into a solid Republican state is huge. Trump never did that. To my knowledge, I don't think he ever had anything that impactful. So should the Republican Party move on from Trump? Probably. I, I think they should. I, I Now, again, is DeSantis, is DeSantis perfect? No, he's ter- his foreign policy, from what I remember, is, is awful. Terrible. But on the cultural issues, the stuff that really matters more so to me and I think evangelicals and other folks, he's he's doing he's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. Um, I I I just I don't see, I don't see Trump doing the same thing now. Another state that we gotta talk about because I know a lot of people are probably thinking, Joe, Joe, you gotta talk about Pennsylvania. Joe, you gotta bring up Pennsylvania, and we're we are we're gonna talk about Pennsylvania now. So uh, Pennsylvania. Um, again, a, a candidate that why who who are you? You came out of nowhere. Uh, what are you doing supporting Mehmet Oz, Doctor Oz, the pro child butcher, the pro gun grabbing, the pro abortion uh, TV host? Suddenly decides he's a Republican and gets the endorsement from the Donald. Mehmet Oz, who decided yesterday that he's going to be Republican, and no one knew what he stood. No one knew where he stood on, on a lot of issues. I didn't even know because, well, honestly, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not really that involved in looking into it. But I, I think it sh- your messaging should be so good that even if you're not really, if you're just paying attention on a surface level, you should have a pretty good idea of where these candidates stand, because. Again, that's where most of the voters are. Most voters are just surface-level people who see an R or a D next to her name and say, hey, well, that's who I should vote for because, well, he, su- he supports Trump, so I'm going to poll him. Well, that guy supports Biden, so I'm going to vote for him. Um, I don't know why people in-, in Pennsylvania have Southern accents, but you get the point. So, uh, Mehmet Oz going up against someone who literally is a walking VERS report. The guy who had a stroke... He can't talk. He can't speak. He can't read. And he wins. Mem Oz is going went up against someone Trump endorsed, and goes up against a guy who had a stroke. And if you watch the debate between Fetterman and Oz, the guy was a complete train wreck, awful performance. And he goes up in the polls. And yet, I still can't win against someone who is literally has a has serious mental problems. Now, that's not me criticizing Fetterman. He had a stroke; he's not fit for office. That's not really his fault that he had a stroke. I I think it's really sad to see not only his family but the people on his campaign the Fetterman family, the Fetterman campaign supporting this guy because everybody knows he is not going to be an effective senator. Everybody knows he's going to be just another talking head for Schumer, I guess when he can articulate a sentence. But he's just going to be in the back pocket of Schumer and Biden. He's just going to do whatever they tell him to do. And I guess that's all that people really want, honestly. He's just a senator who's just going to do whatever schumer and biden ask but he won't be doing it on his own i think even biden said in his one moment of brilliance that he has every day that john fetterman's wife is going to be a great senator (laughs) because honestly that's what that's where it's going that's what it's gonna be the fact that oz now given the fact that he was a very lackluster non-republican candidate the fact that that's who he is I don't think was really in his favor. Now, I heard somebody say that the, uh, the <laughs> this is so funny, I heard somebody say that the Oz campaign was great at communication, but we were a little unsure on where they stood on certain issues. How is that possible? How is it possible that you're great at communicating, but no one knows what you're saying? That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. So, the fact that Trump su- endorsed and Oz to the Senate in Pennsylvania, and he still lost. And he lost by a, a decent margin. Fetterman ended up with 50.8% to Oz's 46.7% in the final results, and that's 977 reporting. So it's over. John Fetterman won. Mehmet Oz lost to someone who cannot speak, to someone who cannot debate, to someone who cannot, without the aid of closed captioning, understand what you're saying to him. And Trump endorsed him. So, what does that say about this? But about the electorate. Now, a lot of people, oh, I I was listening. I've listening to a lot of conservative talk radio recently, because so I just want to kind of feel what they're saying. And a lot of people are, are are griping about the fact that where are the common sense voters? Where are the people of conscience? How can anyone vote for this? How can anyone vote for that? How can we how can we go along with this? Why isn't anyone standing up? Um, and I, I I'm gonna kind of Jul, Eric July wrote something and Pete Quinones both wrote something and I'm gonna kind of paraphrase what they said. That there is no such thing as a rational voter. There is no such thing as a common sense voter. Whatever that means. There is no such thing as an informed voter. There are people who do vote informed. Yes, that is true. Like, I consider myself an informed voter. But on the mass, the mass majority of people who vote, vote purely off of off of emotion. People vote with, with their feelings. There is, people don't vote based on principle. I'm painting with a broad brush here. Because the fact that John Fetterman won in Pennsylvania is perfect example of this, even for Democrats. This guy will not be able to do the job. They do realize that. They understand that. And they voted for him anyway. So that that just throws the idea out the window of they're being informed. Or uh, uh, conscientious voters who have common sense, who see the way the country is going, and, and yet still voting for John Fetterman instead of Oz, there are people who know full well of what's going on, and they still vote the way they do. So to me, it is not at all a surprise to see the way this ended up. Because I, I honestly, I don't think I, I, I don't think people are aware and or care about the way things are going. What's the, what's the one thing that we always say about the, uh, the 2020 presidential election? Well, you know, Biden is, is obviously has got mental problems, but no more mean tweets. The white, uh, well-to-do liberal Karens came out of their gated communities and voted for Joe Biden because, well, the orange man bad because he says mean things online. Again, people vote solely based on emotion. The Democrats are really good. The left wing media is really good about whipping people up over emotion. They're really good at that. Like, (laughs) it's funny to say this because you know I saw an ad for uh, to you know to vote for to vote for Democrats in this coming election because uh, if we don't, then democracy itself is over. That's right. Democracy in America itself is over. We could save the climate if we vote for the blue, if we vote blue. We could save the very existence of this planet if we vote blue. We could save or protect the rights of women if we vote blue. Now, if you're a low IQ, low information voter, if you just see what people are saying, and that's you are surface level when you look into things about particular candidates, you're going to say, hey, we can save the climate, even though that it's completely preposterous and it's – I feel stupid even having to repeat it. But the fact that you would believe that and, and then say, oh, well, i got to vote for John Fetterman. Yes, he can't talk, but th- I mean, the climate, the climate or democ- democracy itself is, is in jeopardy. Uh, uh, po- yes, he can't talk and can't speak and these closed captioning and debate. i got to pull the lever for Fetterman because democracy. Republicans aren't as good at that. Yes, Republicans have legit issues that they're running on. Abortion, the the war in Ukraine, although that's not a big sticking point, but inflation, taxes, the economy, huge things, bigly things here. The Inflation, jobs, taxes, the economy, everything. Those are big real deal issues that affect everyday people. And they still couldn't win on it. They couldn't. Um, And I don't think I I really I I don't know if I buy the fact that there was widespread voter uh, stealing or the election that these elections were stolen. I I just haven't seen the evidence for that. You know, if again, if there is evidence, send it to me and I'll look at it. But from everything that I've seen, this is not the same case as the 2020 election. There are no ballots just showing up in the middle of the night in 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 certain states. Um, There's no there was no uh, mass uh, mail-in ballots that didn't happen. Um, there was a lot of early voting, but early voting doesn't tend to be, doesn't mean that the election was stolen. And that's another thing about the election is that I don't believe in election season or election month. I believe in election day. I don't believe in election early voting. I think early voting should be done away with. I believe in election day, we should have elections, uh, one day a year or or just on one day so this past this election was uh, November 8th on a Tuesday. The polls open at 7, they close at 7 in your respective state. Or they might open at 6 and close at 6, who cares? But they open and they close on the same day. You've got one day to vote. That's plenty. If you care enough about voting, you'll go and vote on election day. Now, does that mean we need to have, like, if your job needs to let you off, early so you can go vote. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with rules saying that you got to give your employees time to go vote. I'm perfectly fine with that. That's a libertarian exception I am willing to make. Um, But I don't believe in the, I don't really, absentee ballots are fine if you're going to be out of the country or out of the state, away on travel or business, you want to slip in an absentee ballot, I'm fine with that. But for everybody else, um, yeah, show your ID and go vote on on election day. Voter ID is not racist. It is. It is. It is not. <laughs> it is not voter suppression. Because um, if it was, if showing an ID to vote was voter suppression, then I guess you know showing an ID to buy alcohol is alcohol suppression. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> but if you can't, if you can, if you can get on an airplane, if you can rent a car, if you can buy alcohol, you can vote because uh, you have to show ID for all of those things. Um, uh, and so <sighs> I. I I don't know where where Republicans should go from here. I say we should they should uh, adopt the DeSantis mold of effective governance, and this is for any Republican governor. Uh, look what DeSantis has done in Florida, and then just copy and paste that to your state. So I'm I'm looking at you, Brian Kemp and um, Greg Abbott, because uh, DeSantis has has really made. Uh, Florida more red than than Texas. And I guess and you're not supposed to be able to mess with Texas, but uh, Abbott has proved that you can. Um, so follow the DeSantis model. That's what I would say for Republicans going forward. Now, for libertarians and ANCAPs and so on and so forth, um, you know, I, 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 the people who are saying that libertarians spoiled certain races for Republicans, um, I don't buy that either because again like I said earlier given the situation we're in there's no reason why you should lose there's no reason so I think in the governor or the Georgia Senate race I think Chase Oliver got something around 2% of the vote I think yeah he got 2.1% of the vote which um which may have may or may not have um held back either Raphael or Herschel from getting the 50%. I think it's 51% is what they need, I think. May have prevented either one of them from getting to that goal. But at the same time, there's no evidence to suggest that if you didn't vote for Chase Oliver that you're going to vote for Herschel Walker. Or if you didn't vote for Chase Oliver, you're going to vote for Raphael. There's no evidence to support that. Now, I didn't vote for Chase Oliver because I know nothing about him. I didn't even, can- even look at his website because I'm just not that interested in him. Um, I I did vote for Herschel Walker because I don't want Raphael to win, but there's no evidence to suggest that, or there's nothing to suggest that just because you voted for Chase Oliver means that the Democrats automatically going to win. There's the, there's this line of thinking among conservatives that all Libertarians do is spoil elections for conservatives or for the GOP, um, which is false because if you voted for the Libertarian candidate. That means the GOP didn't earn your vote. That means there was something wrong with that candidate that did, that did not earn their vote. That's just plainly obvious. Now, if I was a libertarian living in Kentucky, you 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 you, you better bet that I'm voting for Thomas for uh, Rand Paul. Or if I am in uh, Thomas Massey's district, yes, I am voting for Thomas Massey without a doubt. Or if I'm in Utah, I am voting for Mike Lee. But I can, honestly, I can I can understand why people didn't want to vote for Herschel Walker for reasons that I laid out before. And so I I watched or I listened to this thing that uh, Dennis Prager said about um, libertarians who vote for libertarians in these elections and they spoil for that they spoil that for the GOP, leading to more Democratic wins. Um, that just means that your candidate's not good enough. There are people who vote purely on principle. It's a very small number. Like it's probably less than 2% of Georgians, so that's, you know, about probably 75,000 people in Georgia in the whole state of Georgia that were like, "You know what? Herschel and and and, and Warnock suck. Like they're both bad. So I'm going to vote for Chase Oliver." Or they just didn't care and voted for him anyway. So maybe the number's even less. So there are people who vote for the libertarian candidates because you know the Republicans and Democrats are both equally responsible. If Republicans are not more responsible because they're ones who are supposed to be against this, but they are both responsible for the current situation we're in. Why would I vote for another? Why would I vote for another Rhino GOP person? I get the Repo- I get the Democrats bad, but I mean, it's voting Republican doesn't show to make things better. Like we had Trump for two years and look where we're at. You know, we, we had Trump for two years, and things were pretty good for the first two years, and then he completely just lit the country on fire with the all, all the COVID stuff. Any, any good that Trump did in the first two and a half, three years of his presidency was all undone by COVID. All of it. The fact that he kept uh, Fauci and, and the scarf lady on, the fact that he went along and declared a national emergency for COVID, and the fact that he was instrumental in instituting all these lockdowns by in doing so with the with the national emergency none of that can be forgiven the fact that all the money that was printed during covid that's all his fault all the bad things that we all the side effects from the covid policies we are feeling now because of of trump so and and so there there so i I think Jacob would largely agree with that if he were here, which which I kind of wish he was here because I want his take on a lot of this. But the fact that we have, just just because you are GOP doesn't mean, just because you vote GOP and the fact that even if the Republicans had won, even if there was this red tsunami that a lot of people were predicting, does not necessarily mean that anything is going to change. Again, for instance, when Trump won in 2016, It was a Republican, it was a pretty good Republican landslide. They had the House, Senate, and the presidency. They could have done whatever they wanted. They could have repealed Obamacare. Didn't do it. They could have repealed and blowed up the the Department of Education. Didn't do it. They could have ended every single war in the Middle East. Didn't do it. In fact, they doubled down on a lot of it. They bombed Syria twice. There's so much stuff that the Republicans could have done in the short time that they had control over the entire government, but they did nothing. So I have to, I have to vote for GOP because Democrat bad. Well, maybe, maybe the, maybe the GOP should start doing something to make actual change. Then I could agree with you, Dennis Prager, if, if, if Republicans were actually doing what they said they were going to do, I could agree with you, but they're not. Republicans are just as responsible for the situation that we are in as the Democrats. That's all. That's it. So just because someone votes third party means that your Republican candidate wasn't good enough. So if I'm living in in South Carolina, I think it's where uh, Lindsey Graham is from. I have to vote for Lindsey Graham. I have to vote for Mitch McConnell? I have to vote for Lisa Murkowski? I, I, I gotta vote for these people because they're Republican? Is that is that what that means? The worst aspects of the GOP I have to vote for because Democrat bad? Sorry, that doesn't make any sense. Sorry, that just that just kicks the can down the road. Now I can understand okay, voting out of defense. I can I can understand that. But at some point, something's got to change. But at some point, someone's got to say enough is enough. At some point, you need someone like a DeSantis who just goes in, guns ablaze, attacking the left, attacking the, the woke corporations, the woke entertainment industry, Disney, you name it. Somebody who says, you know what, I don't care what the consequences are. I don't care what the New York Times says about me. I don't care if I get kicked off of Twitter. I don't care what people say. I don't care. Even if I lose the next election, I don't care. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what the people sent me here to do. I'm not going to get caught up in all these things that don't matter, like Trump did so many times. I'm not going to do any of that. If, Republic, if that was the modus, if that was the mo, of the Republican Party, I could consider voting for it more, and I could understand the the idea that the Libertarians were wrecking the GOP majority. I could understand that if they were actually doing what Desantis is doing in Florida, but the case is they're not doing that, so I don't buy I don't buy into this idea. Well, if you vote for the, if you vote gold, you're ru- you've ruined everything. No. It means it's because the GOP sucks. So what else? What else? As 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 Donald say. What else? Um, so there's some funny things that I saw um, Stacey Abrams say. And uh, another thing, Beto Beto O'Rourke uh, lost. I think he ran, he ran for governor. I do believe in Texas. He went up against uh, Greg Abbott. Um, now Beto O'Rourke, I believe, has run three times for. Um, an office i think he ran as a, he's ran as, as a democrat as a uh independent i think as a republican he's lost all three times uh, And the same thing with stacy abrams she's run twice now for um uh for for office and she's lost both times even though she didn't admit it the first time um so they've lost every time that they've ran and yet they are still kind of you know boosted up as the Democratic, you know, hopefuls and the Democratic, you know, just the the the, the bastions of the party. But they lose every time. So this, this hopefully means that Stacey Abrams is finally going to go away. Uh, only one can hope. Only one can hope. So um, where was I going? Oh, yeah, Stacey Abrams. She said something funny. Um, so uh, this time around, Stacey Abrams actually admitted she lost she admitted defeat unlike the last time um which is it's 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 funny it's funny how how everyone how the left continuously will accuse the right of questioning the election integrity of uh you know election deniers while yet they have a a, an enormous history of questioning the election outcome of being election deniers you can go back to 2000 with bush and gore You can go back to just 2018, go back to Hillary Clinton saying that, you know, the election was stolen, how the FBI was getting involved in the election to throw it to Trump, and it was stolen by the Russians. And Hillary Clinton just a couple weeks ago came out and said that Republicans are already planning to steal the next presidential election. She said that. And everyone in the media, everyone on the left has the gall to say that Republicans are the the only ones that question elections. Like, uh, is self-awareness dead? Yes. Anyway, so uh, Stacey Abrams said something funny. Uh, whilst whilst speaking to reporters after Brian Kemp was declared the victor of the governor's gubernatorial election, Abrams said the moment reminded her, reminded her of when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church members about persecution. She says, quote, I am reminded of what scripture tells us. Uh, She said before reciting 2 Corinthians, or second Second Corinthians 4, 8, I pulled a trump there. Uh, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast dead on not being destroyed. She said, I know the results aren't what we hoped for tonight, and I understood that you are hurting, you are disappointed. I am too. She continued, we may not have made it to the finish line, but we ran that race. And we know this path, and we know that running is what matters. That standing uh, is what matters. That defending is what matters. Uh, Now, tonight, I am doing what is is clearly a responsible thing. I am suspending my campaign for governor. So she's quoting scripture, which I, I, I don't know... Uh, Stacey Abrams. Uh, I don't know where she. I don't know if she's a, uh, a Christian or a spiritual person. I have no idea. Um, anytime a politician references scripture, unless I actually know the person, uh, to me is very very cringy because it's always for pandering reasons, um, and I don't like it when people use scripture to pander to voters. I think it's it's the most cringy thing that you can do um, because a lot of these people uh, do not live a very um, a moral lifestyle, if you will. Uh, looking at you, Lindsey Graham. Um, uh, so anytime they anytime they do this, it just makes me cringe beyond all belief. And the fact that she thinks that that people are being persecuted in Georgia right now um, is is just is so laughable. And it's so sad that people actually fall for this crap. Um, I <laughs> she also talked about voter suppression. She says, "Let's be clear: the false narrative that voter turnout has." Uh, felled the idea of voter suppression misunderstands the effectiveness of suppression. She claimed it has never been about stopping all voters. It's about clogging the arteries of the process and stopping certain voters. There is a precision to voter suppression. Um, Again, she just claims that without any evidence, without any examples of this so-called voter suppression. So, um, there was a record number of georgians i believe uh, had voted early a record number like i think this election cycle broke records for, for as far as how many people voted early and then I, i'm probably pretty sure that this was probably one of the most high, one of the highest turnouts as far as uh, people who voted on election day so if more people than ever are voting how is there any voter suppression that makes no sense. How can someone say that on a national, on a, on a stage voting for governor or running for governor, being interviewed across all major media platforms, and no one questions her on it? No one says, unpack that for me. Explain to me how that works. How is it that that hundreds of thousands of more people are voting in, in the state of Georgia Or millions of more people are voting for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, in elections. How is that happening, yet there is still massive voter suppression? How does that make any sense? The answer... You know why no one asked her that? Because there is no answer to it. Because it's stupid. Because it's one of the dumbest things that that anyone could ever say. But... Because people don't have a rational mind. They don't vote rationally. They don't think rationally because that doesn't exist in the American electorate. People will just lap it up and tweet it out and retweet it and say, you go, yas, girl. That's, that, 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 that is the American voter. They believe that stuff. This is the reason why. This stupid crap like this is the reason why we have, we have the country that we do. Now that's this is now me saying this, I'm again I'm pinning with a broad brush. This is not an indictment of every single person who is listening to this. That's that's not the case. But there are way too many people out there. In fact, too many people vote. There are way too many people out there who are just surface level voters. Sorry if that offends you or if you disagree with that, but that's the truth. Uh let's see what else we got here. Uh, Ron DeSantis, what can you, what can you say about the guy? I think one, two, three, four, I think it was only four counties that the, um, the Democrats won in Florida. That's, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, Elon bought Twitter. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, uh, was it Whippy Goldberg that said that she's getting off Twitter because, you know, uh, we can't have that much free speech again. Do people really care? That Whoopi Goldberg is even on the Twitter. I mean, I don't use Twitter. I, I have I haven't been on Twitter in probably almost a y- probably more than a year, um, because I just I think that all, all all social media should be, you know, turned off. That's the greatest mistake that Trump made besides the the COVID stuff was not banning Twitter, or banning TikTok. Sorry. Um. Um. So he bought Twitter. Um, it's, it's official. He is the owner. He's, uh, threatened to, to lay off massive numbers of employees again with Facebook too. Um, uh, Facebook is going through its own problems. Um, Elon had thrown out the idea of having a paid verification. So anyone who pays the, I guess it was now it's $8 a month. Uh, you can get the blue checks subscription. A lot of the, uh, the grandfathered-in uh, blue check marks on Twitter were like, "This is outrageous! How can this be? How can this be happening? How can you let this happen? I earned my I earned my verification because I have all these all these you know followers and whatnot." And Elon says, "Well, I want to get rid of the bots. I want to get rid of all these fake accounts, and I want I only want Twitter to be used by real people. So if you pay the eight bucks a month, there's a pretty good chance that you're a real person, not a bot." And I want people to be invested in the app. So if you want to be verified, you can pay eight bucks a month to, use, to be actually verified, to, to actually have a real account and that you are a real person. So Kyle Rittenhouse, um, some Twitter handle called CatTurd, and Libs of TikTok uh, get blue verification badges as Elon Musk rolls out the new $7.99 per month blue check subscription. Um, Rittenhouse tweeted, Thank you, at Elon. That's, that's pretty, that's, that's cool. Uh, It's good to see uh, Kyle Rittenhouse out and about um, the kid's a hero. Uh, Let's see who else. Um, Lip to TikTok. They are on it. Uh, I don't, I I, I don't know who cat turd is. I, I, this, this, this is eluding me. Um, But Whippy Goldberg says that she's getting off of it because of the, um, you know, we can't have that much free speech, which again, uh, by, I'm, I'm. I'm sure you will not be missed. Uh, I think Stephen King said that he will not be paying for it. He will be getting off Twitter. I think if I remember correctly, that's what he said. Uh, Again, bye. You won't be missed, Stephen King. Go back to writing, you know, uh, second-rate books that that get turned into into really bad movies. So, yeah, go away. The only good uh, Stephen King adapted novel uh, that's been turned into a movie was The Shawshank Redemption everything else has just been trash, um, was The Shining, um, Stephen King, I think, besides the Shawshank and The Shining, everything else that has come out as a, as a Stephen King movie adaptation has been absolutely awful, absolutely awful, like, super bad, all right, so I got one more thing to, I want to talk about, I D B. um, I'm looking this up real quick Because I, I forgot I wanted to mention this And now I have remembered That I wanted to talk about this uh, So I watched a uh, a movie um, A couple of days ago Called All Quiet on the Western Front um, I read the book a while ago um, it, This was a very good anti-war book It was written back in the 30, early 30s Or late 20s About the First World War And just about how seemingly um, just how futile the whole thing was on the, from the perspective of those who were actually fighting in it. Um, the, the movie does a great job of showing that. So uh, this was a movie adaptation of the novel of All Quiet on the Western Front. Now Jeff Deist did a great podcast about this uh, some time ago. If you're interested in it, in his take on it, go and watch that or listen to it. Um but this was released on Netflix. It was originally uh, it was made by a German movie house, from my where I remember correctly, it was directed by um uh Edward I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um it, it just a brilliant, brilliant masterpiece of a film. Um I watched the English dubbed version because I hate subtitles. Um so if you if you know the Critical Drinker, he said watch the original in German with the subtitles. But I, I have no patience. I have I have zero patience for subtitles. I, I hate them. So I will take the a very bad version of English dub over subtitles any day because I, I, I go to watch a movie not to read words on the screen. I, I'm not reading a book. I want to watch a movie and I want to listen to a movie. I, I don't know. <laughs> to me, that's not the hard thing. It's to me that's it's just the way I am, okay? I, I can't I can't do movies that I have to read, okay? That's just not this is not who I am. But anyway, um, the movie was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I think it's gonna get some uh, Oscar nominations, or is that what they... Is it movies are Oscar? This is this just shows that I, I care very little about Hollywood and the award ceremonies. But um, it it was was it completely true to the source material? No, it wasn't. Um, a lot of people have pointed out some of the flaws in it. But given the way movies have been made the last. 10, 15 years where they just completely ignore the source material on the movie adaptation of a book or a novel or, you know, an older movie. Um, the way that they just twist and turn it and race swap and uh, they red dawn you and they just, they just completely bastardize the original story. That's not the case with this movie. I think some of the changes that were made... Um, were fine. They they were fine because uh, that's the thing, that's the hard thing about making a movie from a novel is that it's not entirely possible to go word for word, chapter for chapter, line for line, and then transpose that into a movie. It just doesn't always work. So you have to make adjustments. Um, A perfect example of that is the Lord of the Rings movies are not completely uh, 100% accurate to the the Tolkien books but that is the the movies that the the um the Peter Jackson movies are the closest thing that we have come to the the, the uh, an adaptation of from uh, uh a novel or uh fantasy books that's it is the closest thing that we've ever come to with this with this movie uh, it's pretty dang close and it's pretty dang good um it's uh it was made by all Germans because the the book is written from a German soldier's perspective. He comes in to the war um, three years into it. Uh, he comes in, I think he's 17 or 18. He, he ends up, he actually lies on his application form about his age. I think I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, they're all told as they're signing up to go join the war effort that they're going to be liberators and they're going to be heroes and defending the fatherland, given the really patriotic, jingoistic speech from you know the the military and whatnot, and um, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of sad because in one way you know how it's going to end because the ending of the of the book and the ending of this movie is it just kind of brings the whole thing full cer- uh, you know full circle because uh, in the beginning of the movie we see um, the uniforms being reused from dead soldiers to new soldiers that they're actually ripping the names out of the uniforms as they're giving them to new soldiers and given the way that the movie ends with the main character um spoilers spoiler alert the main character just dying on just very anticlimactically just like another um just another soldier just another one bites the dust um is it, it really shows you just how Futile. A lot of people thought this war was, and how the differences that you see from the average soldier fighting in the trenches to the way that the generals are treated and the way the generals live versus and the politicians, the way that they live versus the soldiers, where you know the generals and politicians are riding in luxurious train cars, the the Germans are. I'm sorry, the the generals are living or staying in these uh, you know huge palaces. And they're eating the best food um whilst yet the soldiers are freezing, starving, and dying it should to, to show that contrast and to show how um the difference between the three sides that's how that's how a lot of people felt about this war i mean it it the war wasn't necessarily about you know the freedom of mankind it was a lot more so because a lot of these people in these countries and these monarchies just weren't getting along. And a lot of them were, were related. Um, a lot of people have called the First World War the stupid war or the dumbest war. In a lot of ways it was because what was gained from it? And in, and in, the, uh, in the movie, the Germans know full well when, uh, if, when Germany falls, the Bolsheviks are going are gonna to f- flood the streets and all the monarchies will be toppled. And that's what happens. The war ends, the Bolsheviks move in, socialism moves in, social justice moves in, the monarchies get toppled, and what comes right after that? Hitler, Heil Hitler comes in. You get the rise of the communists in China, in uh, in Russia, and you get World War II. So, you know, in, in the last, in the last, after they signed the armistice agreement, um, they, it the armistice agreement says that the war will end at 11 o'clock on this day, and um, the one one of the generals that we see knows that the war is over, knows that Germany's going to lose, and knows they really got the raw end of the deal on the armistice because, well, the Germans kind of had a, a major role in this whole thing, and the French really want to stick it to them, but that you know, it's just the way it happens. And this one general is looking back on his history in the military and his family's history in the military and that he, his family and the has never lost a war in X amount of years and this is going to be the first one. And he's, he's, he says, we're planning one last battle to really stick it to the French and to kind of give us some more leverage, even though the deal's been signed, even though that the war is over at 11 o'clock um, on this day, he says, we're still going to go for one last push. One last push. Even though the war is over and we've lost, we're still gonna go for one last time to, for honor. Whose honor? The guys in the trenches who are dying, or yours? Is this just an ego trip on on your part? So they, so they, they, they all line up and they advance and they fight for half hour, maybe before eleven o'clock, and then once they blow the whistle at 11 o'clock, everyone stops fighting, and they all just kind of just leave. But yet, all these people died for what reason? For what reason did all these people die? If you can't explain that, then that's why a lot of people feel that that war was just worthless, that there was nothing to it. All millions, millions of people died in that war, and not to mention the millions or the, the, the numbers of citizens that died because of starvation and the number of people who the, the, the way that the, the the that these entire countries were just wrecked, the people that came back wounded physically and mentally, shell shock. What was it all for? And then and then to turn right around and have another world war, World War Two I I it was a and this movie goes into all of those details. This movie covers all of that, and it does it so brilliantly, so perfectly. Um, I, I do have a, there was there were a couple of things that I didn't like about it, and I think that a lot of it had to do with the budget constraints of the movie. There was some CGI stuff that was just kind of you know cringy, but given the fact of the budget it had, I'm willing to let that slide. Uh, the soundtrack, the score was lacking bigly. Um, I thought that was probably one of the worst parts of the movie. Um, in fact, I hated it. But there's so little of it, there's there's just not a lot of it, that you, you can just let that go. I watched this movie, and I enjoyed this movie for the content of it. Not so much the soundtrack, not so much the cheesy CGI moments. And there were really only, like, four moments. Just, like, maybe... Less than a minute of the entire two and a half hour movie were there cringy moments of the soundtrack and of the CGI. So I'm nitpicking, but if you, I got I got a nitpick, that's just who I am. So other than that, fantastic movie. This should be required viewing for everyone who is concerned with uh, world history, the First World War, and who just likes good war movies. Everyone, should, everyone should be watching this. Okay, okay, it's it's tremendous. It's it's brilliant. Okay. Okay, it's it's beautiful. Everyone should watch it. That's my um that is my if I if I was dictator for 1 minute, I would in, I would require everyone to watch this movie. That's just how good it was. Um I will be going to see Black Panther Friday night. Um and I w- Black Panther Wakanda forever. I will be going to see that and I will be doing a review on that coming up after I go and see. I probably probably will be sometime next week. We'll see. I have purposely not watched any reviews or read any reviews on the movie because I want to go into it with no expectations. Although I have none in any way because the first Black Panther movie was um, just... It wasn't great. It wasn't good. It wasn't fantastic. It was just another average Marvel movie. But will Disney and Marvel be able to redeem themselves with the new one given that this movie is going to be almost three hours long? We We shall see. Anyway until next time hopefully uh, Jacob will be here uh, we will be back to break it all down to give you our perspective if you want it I mean you clicked on it so you're getting it um, we'll be we're back sitting, uh, shortly soon um, yeah so thanks for listening everybody peace got a about blue we're breathing again thanks a lot.